0: No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. We are talking all about behavior as communication. I'm sure you've probably already seen some sort of infographic or picture on social media that states something along the lines of all behavior is communication, and that is 100% the truth. All of the behavior that we engage in communicates something, and we can learn a lot from our behavior in terms of what the person in and that behavior is trying to communicate. So today I just wanted to talk about this topic a little bit and what we can do as educators to help promote appropriate behavior as communication and help increase communicative responses of our students so that they are engaging in those communicative responses successfully and that we can increase the overall success of our students. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is because communication is such a powerful tool and such a powerful skill that we can teach our students. I really wanted to highlight the importance of teaching our students appropriate communicative responses. A lot of times we think of functional communication training. I don't know if you've heard of that term. It's a term that is in the ABA world that we use as behavior analysts a lot. And if you Google it or search it, it'll say something along the lines of functional communication training is used to teach functional communicative response to students with autism. And so I think it gets this idea that functional communication training is only for students with disabilities or specifically only students with autism, and that is not the case. Functional communication training is just the means of teaching functional communicative responses to our students, to adults, to anyone that needs a communicative response to communicate their wants or needs in that moment. So what I mean by that is functional communication is our way of teaching students a functional communicative response to let us know what their needs or wants are in that moment so that we can meet those needs and wants. Okay, so say we have a young student who is learning to communicate, whether that be through sign language, through pictures, through a a communication device, through vocal speech, whatever way they're using as their mode of communication, we are teaching them functional communication so that they're able to access their needs and wants. So, we are teaching them to ask for water, milk, juice, cookies, snacks, carrots, celery. I don't know what kids are asking for celery, but you know, we're teaching them to ask for their needs and wants or label their feelings so that we are able to address those needs and wants in that moment. We're teaching students to say, I'm upset. I need a hug. I'm upset. I need a break. Stuff like that is functional communication. We are identifying our needs or wants and we are communicating those to others so that we can access whatever that needs need or want leads to and we can 100% be doing this in our classrooms. The biggest misconception I see around functional communication is that we only use it with students with disabilities or students with autism. That is just not the truth and we can utilize functional communication and teach our students functional communicative responses so that they are able to access their needs and wants, communicate those needs and wants so that we're able to help facilitate that for our students. I know a lot of you are special education teachers or maybe BCBAs or in the field of special education in some way, and I don't want you to think that this episode is not for you by me saying that functional communication is not just for students with disabilities, but I do want to dispel that misconception that functional communication is only something that we use with kids with disabilities. And I also want to dispel the misconception that functional communication is only done as an alternative mode of communication, meaning that alternative to vocal speech. So an AAC device, PECS, sign language, something along those lines, that's not the case either. Any type of communicative response can be functional and we can teach our students functional communication. So just to highlight what we've talked about so far for the last five minutes, that we are talking about functional communication, meaning that we are teaching students to identify their needs and wants so that it serves some sort of function, that they are utilizing a communicative response to serve some sort of function for them. So to get a little bit more specific or a little bit more technical with you guys, functional communication training is a differential reinforcement procedure in which we are utilizing differential reinforcement. And I know we haven't talked about differential reinforcement, but differential reinforcement is essentially reinforcing appropriate behavior while ceasing to reinforce the inappropriate behavior. So let's say we have a student who engages in a tantrum to communicate that they don't wanna do the work that you have put out in front of them, okay? So the undesired behavior is the tantrum. The desired behavior is an alternative response to that tantrum that is a functional communicative response. So it could be them asking for a break. If they ask for a break appropriately, then we allow them to have that break as opposed to them engaging in a tantrum, which then leads to a break anyway. So it's an alternative response to the undesired behavior that allows them to gain access to that same need or want that they need met in that moment. So just to break that down a little further, if we have a student tantruming because they don't wanna do work, that leads to the delay or the escape from doing work. So by teaching them to ask for a break, that is leading to the delay or escape from the work in that moment. And then we can help the student while they're on a break or when they're transitioning back from the break to make work more engaging and interesting for them so it's less aversive, so that they're not wanting to avoid it in the first place. But that's a whole another episode for a whole nother day. So let's talk about how we can use functional communication training in our classrooms. So if you have a student who is engaging in an undesired behavior, the appropriate alternative behavior can be a functional communicative response. Since all behavior is communication, any response that we're teaching that student or any desired behavior we're teaching that student is communication, but if we're teaching them a functional communication behavior or communicative response to something, it might be along the lines of them asking for something, requesting something, stating that they're upset, frustrated, whatever it might be, so that we know their need or want in that moment, and then we can help facilitate them accessing their need or want. Say you have a student who is playing with another student and they just take the toy away from the other student. Now that's obviously something that we don't wanna see in our classroom because that can lead to like negative peer relationships, but we can teach that student a functional communicative response of asking for the toy. We can teach them how to ask for the toy so that they're able to ask for the toy and then access the toy as opposed to just taking it away from that student. You can also utilize this, and what I see a lot of teachers doing this successfully with is teaching students to ask for attention appropriately. So sometimes we have students who engage in behavior to access attention or connection, whatever you want to call it, and we can teach them to do that in a more appropriate way. So we might have students who shout out during class or become disruptive in class to access attention or connection, and we can teach them a functional communicative response to access that in another way that's more appropriate. We can teach them to raise their hand. We can teach them to say something like, "Can I talk to you for a minute? Can I talk to my friend for a minute?" So that they can access that attention in a more appropriate way. Again, this goes along with any communicative response that your students are using or any mode of communication that they use. So it involves sign language, picture exchange communication systems, AAC devices, whatever it might be, we can teach those functional communicative responses through any communication mode. So I guess the purpose of this episode is to really just highlight the importance of functional communication and how we can utilize that in our classrooms. So if you have a student who's engaging in undesired behaviors, think of a functional alternative response that that student can engage in that involves them communicating their want or need in that moment. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking that what if a student doesn't know what their need or want is in that moment, or I don't know their need or want in that moment. How can I teach them how to ask or request for it if I don't know it? And that's where a functional behavior assessment is probably gonna come into play if you have to go that route. Sometimes it's very clear what the need or want is. Sometimes a student can just tell you what their need or want is, sometimes they can't. So we might need to use a functional behavior assessment to determine the why of the behavior. Why is the student engaging in the behavior? And there are four functions to behavior. Don't worry, I plan on doing an episode about functional behavior assessments and behavior intervention plans because I know not everyone has been trained on how to do a functional behavior assessment or a behavior intervention plan based on a functional behavior assessment. But if we are teaching functional communicative responses, an FBA is sometimes necessary to do if we don't know the student's need or want in that moment. And then we can utilize a behavior intervention plan to really teach that alternative functional communicative response. Because again, sometimes the student's behavior is not very clear on what they're trying to communicate. right? So we don't necessarily know what the student is communicating in that moment that would allow us to facilitate them accessing their need or want in that moment. So that is a good strategy to use. If you don't know what the need or want is that the student's behavior is communicating to engage in a functional behavior assessment. Again, there are four functions, attention, escape, tangible, and sensory. We'll go into that when I do an episode on that and more specifically some trainings that I do have planned for school-based FBAs and school-based behavior intervention plans, but that's a little bit down the road for now. Just look out for more information about that in the future but definitely if you cannot identify what a student's need or want is based on their behavior, you're gonna to wanna to do a functional behavior assessment so that you know that you're really accurate so that you can teach that student a alternative behavior that meets that need or want so that they're able to use it. Now, the next thing I do want to talk about for functional communication training is that when we're teaching a functional communicative response, it needs to be effective and it needs to be efficient for it to work for the student. So if you think about it, what I mean by effective, it means that whatever the alternative behavior is that we're teaching that student needs to meet that need or want. So if they engage in that behavior, we need to reinforce that behavior by allowing them to access their need or want. So If we're teaching students to ask for a break when they become upset or frustrated, which is a very appropriate coping strategy, we want to make sure that we're reinforcing the appropriate request for a break. So if a student is asking for a break and asking for a break, but they're not being allowed to take a break in that moment, that response is not gonna happen anymore. And they're gonna go back to that undesired behavior because that undesired behavior was reliably allowing them to access a break. So we wanna keep that in mind when we are teaching our functional communicative response is that it needs to be effective. And we as adults are the ones that make it effective by allowing them to access their need or want. And this is like largely for students that you know need help with accessing items or need us to say, yes, you can go on a break or whatever it might be. It also needs to be efficient, meaning that it needs to be something that the student can readily engage in and it's relatively easy for that student to engage in. You don't wanna make this behavior really hard for the student to engage in because if they're engaging in another undesired behavior and they're having trouble communicating their need or want in the moment, already switching over to a functional communicative response is going to be a little bit harder for them to engage in than the other behavior. So we wanna make sure that we make it as easy as possible for that student. You don't want the student to have to engage in a really cumbersome functional communicative response in order to access whatever their need or want is in that moment. And this is really gonna depend on the student and the student's repertoire of their behaviors. So it might just be them signaling to you something. It might just be them asking a one word request for something that they need. It might not be a full sentence. You really need to meet the student where they are with their communicative abilities so that they can be successful with this. I promise you, if the response is too hard for them to engage in, they're not gonna engage in it no matter how much reinforcement you have for them because we always default to behaviors that are easier for us to to engage and it's just the way behavior functions, that if something allows us to get the same result in a faster and more efficient way, that's usually the behavior that we're gonna go with. So we wanna make sure that our alternative behavior is effective and efficient. So it's effective, meaning it results in what their need or want is, and it's efficient, meaning that they can engage in it, and it's relatively easy for them to engage in. Wow, I think I talked really, really fast in this episode. Functional communication is just something I'm really, really passionate about. I do wanna help educators dispel some of the myths about functional communication, that it's only for students with autism or it's only for students who use an alternative mode of communication, like an AAC device or PEX or sign language or whatever it might be, that it's for all of our students and that we can really, really focus on teaching functional alternative behaviors to an undesired behavior in our classroom. And that can be a functional communicative response and that all behaviors communication, and that we can really utilize this to increase the success of all of our students. So if you're looking for some strategies on how to implement this in your classroom, the first thing that I would do is assess the undesired behavior to see what the student is communicating in that moment. That might be really easy for you to identify or you might need to use a functional behavior assessment to identify the why behind that behavior and then find an alternative communicative response that you can teach to that student that is efficient and effective so that they engage in that behavior over the undesired behavior now when you're teaching a functional communicative response we do that like we're teaching any other behavior we can model the functional communicative response so we can model When you're upset, you can ask for a break so that the student can see us engaging in the behavior. Then we can allow them to practice that functional communicative response and make sure that that functional communicative response results in what the need or want is in that moment. So we're reinforcing that behavior with whatever the need or want is, and then provide feedback to the student. And we wanna do this consistently and we wanna do this continually in our classroom so that we're reinforcing this behavior over and over and over again, that we're continually providing instruction on communicative responses and we're teaching these communicative responses explicitly. Something that I see a lot in classrooms is, or really hear a lot in classrooms is the phrase use your words. Well, if we haven't taught the student any words to use in that situation, they're not gonna know what to say in that moment. Sometimes we need to teach these things really explicitly to our students, and that can be used through functional communication training, where we're teaching them a functional response to whatever their need or want is in that moment so that they get their need or want meant in a more appropriate way, and they don't engage in that undesired behavior to get that need or want met. Because we're skill building, we wanna make sure that we're really reinforcing that behavior at a very high rate, meaning whenever the behavior is occurring, as much as possible, reinforcing that behavior by meeting that need or want in that moment. And then as time goes on, we can start fading out that reinforcement, right? So every single time a student asks for a break might not be an appropriate time for them to take a break. You might be right in the middle of a lesson and a student says, can I take a break? You might need to say, you know, I need you to wait three more minutes till I'm done and then you can take your break. And that's another skill that we can teach students is waiting and tolerating the no whenever they are, you know, need to wait a little bit longer, need you to finish something so that they can access the break and they're not, you know, missing a ton of academic content. And that's a skill that we can teach our students as well. The <laughs> but we wanna make sure that as much as possible that we're reinforcing that right when the skill is being taught. And then we can start fading that out and teaching students other skills that go along with getting their needs or wants met. And waiting is a really important one. I'll probably do an episode on waiting. That's something that I should add to my list, how to teach students to wait. Cause that's something that I see a lot in classrooms as well is that students don't know how to tolerate no, or being told that they need to wait for something and then they engage in an undesired behavior, which you know leads to a whole bunch of things. So maybe I'll do an episode on that. That's a really good idea. Okay. Anyway, back to functional communication training in your classrooms, you can utilize it by reinforcing appropriate behavior as much as you can, and then starting to fade that out. Just like we would fade out any other behavioral intervention. Once the data indicates that the student can reliably engage in that functional communicative response, and we see a really good increase in that behavior, that desired behavior, and we see a decrease in the undesired behavior, we can start fading out this intervention. All right, so that's all I have for you on functional communication. I hope that this has brought some new strategies and interventions to you so that you can utilize them in your classroom. I do plan on doing an episode on waiting because that's a really good idea because so many of our students have a hard time with that. So I wanna give you guys some interventions and strategies you can use with our students as like a next phase of once we teach a student an appropriate response, we might not always get what we're asking for or what we need in that moment. So we might need to wait a little bit so that'll probably be an episode coming to you soon. But if you are looking for more strategies and tips, make sure you go follow me over on Instagram at Behavior Together, so that you can see my daily content on behavioral and social emotional learning, intervention strategies and tips for your classroom. Have a great rest of the day.